Bentley plays on, and here he is, Van Royen. He's taken the mark. Is he within range? Here they go again. Jordan's got an inside runner. Clayton Oliver, 40, closing. They have kicked six straight, the Demons. What a start. Gobbled up his own football. Gave it off to Grundy. Looping handball over the top. Here he is, the man. Fritsch, left foot, snapped. Oh, he's got three. Superb. A significant, emphatic win for the Dees. They bounce back to knock off a potential contender. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for Dees fans by Dees fans as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is barracking from the Melbourne Football Club. My name is Simon as a change-up, uh, or Simo, should I say, uh, joined, this, uh, joined by Tim, co-host. Look, oh, and also got to mention those amazing sponsors, Hop and Brewing and also Valley Electrical Group. Tim, we've, we've been taken on a ride and look how good was that ride on Sunday afternoon? Oh, it was just an incredible day all around. Like, it was a perfect autumn's day. What was it? Sort of early to mid-20 degrees. Sun was out. You know, the crowd turned up, I think, for Sunday afternoon footy. What was it? 42,000 or something in the end there. And it, it felt bloody loud. And I think the D's fans were just loud. And it was a great environment to be in. And, yeah, walked away with, it, with an extremely, uh, extremely fascinating win to I mean myself included I was pretty nervous heading in knowing the history that we've had against Sydney and Sydney are a great side and they weren't didn't make it to the grand final last year for no reason so we had every reason to sort of be uh, nervous heading into a huge test uh, against a contender and yeah it was great to come out with an emphatic 50 point win with some uh, very exciting performances to talk about. Yeah, that's. I was there too, mate, and I tell you what, it's. Oh, I mean, first one for the year as well. Uh, but they're, they're just the way we won, I thought, just the way we sort of put the foot to the foot to the throat a fair bit in the last quarter. You know, Sydney sort of they hit back. I think it was around seven points about mid mid to late third, and we just put the foot to the floor. Um, the, the first and last quarter were fantastic. You you couldn't really ask for much more in those two quarters and. I mean, if you put it in perspective, it's a tale of those two quarters. And then Sydney were much, much better in the second and third. And I thought they sort of ebbed and flowed and it was a pretty tight contest. But yeah, the way we did things in the first and fourth. And mind you, a lot of reshuffling um, went down, which we feel like we haven't had much to do. And, you know, Goody did talk about shaking things up and he definitely has, um, especially in the weekend. That's it. And I suppose it's that silver lining with some of those unfortunate injuries that we've encountered, especially with Max. But then, yeah, it sort of forces your hand a little bit to be a little bit flexible and, I guess, be a bit bold with some of the moves that you make. And there was a couple of statements made at selection with dropping Tom McDonald coming in and then Ben Brown sort of going out early in the third as well too. And it gave us a real different look up, uh, a different lineup really looking forward. And I think it caught all of us probably by surprise a little bit. So I think he sort of said at the end of the game that it does allow you to be in this early part of the season to have those opportunities to trial things out it's not i don't think it's showing all your hands at once but certainly uh you know switching petty to go forward rather than the back and be uh, one less tall down back really and be that extra have that extra small down back was something that they wanted to give a shot and and yeah it proved pretty effective yeah it'll be interesting to see what we do in the future with that but 
It seems like, well, I was reading a few posts from the Melbourne page thinking, or well, someone was saying that Petty was taking set shots at training. So looks like they're going to persist with it. And, you know, with JVR's form, which we'll touch on very soon, um, in his first amazing debut, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Petty does continue. But there's so much, there's so many little things that Petty did. He, he didn't really get outmarked. Brought the bottom ground clean below his knees too. So, yeah, it's something definitely worth persisting with. And I believe he may have been a forward coming through the ranks. We'll have to do some digging there. But uh, definitely something to persist with, especially with uh, Tom McDonald's aging body and Van Royen's uh, rise. Um, could be something to definitely persist with in the future. Yeah, no, definitely. Lots, lots, of, lots of dissect there. Uh, just quickly though, the game itself was um as as we mentioned before but yeah fantastic spectacle i was pretty fortunate i got to catch up with a friend of the pod andrew lee and shelly went to a, a sort of a pre-match function in um in the members and it was yeah a, a great a great opportunity to hear him speak and talk about his experiences at the d's which we're already quite familiar with but also uh former player anthony ingerson spoke and him it was also really insightful to listen to about Similar era, but certainly different stories as well, and a lot about Neil Danaher. But it was a, yeah, it was a big day. I have to admit, went went pretty hard, um, as you do at some of these things. You got to make the most of your money, and and it was a huge day. It's just a pity it was a Sunday afternoon, and I think I've uh, probably come down with a bit of a cold. Probably an assist by that big Sunday, but we're winding up to the end of the term. It's been a big. Big, uh, big start to the year, mate, and it was, oh, look, it was so much fun. It was just such a fun day, fun to celebrate. It was just a really fun win to be a part of and be in the crowd. And I know all the D's members that were there, all the D's fans and supporters, whether they're there or at home, it was just a really entertaining game of footy. And at any watcher of that game would have thought that even the margin, though, it still would have been a bloody good game to watch, for sure. Back into the game, so um, it's real credit to the boys. Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day, so... We want to play our way. Just go after the boys. Well, Sim, as you said, lots to love in that game, and, and we talked about it a little bit earlier at the top of the pod, but... Oh, that was loud. Hello. <laughs> yeah, um, teacher email going off here. Ah, oh, there we go. That was, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that was loud. Um, <laughs> Goody's coaching. It's probably something that over the course of his reign at the D's has been probably criticised the right amount in terms of just his maybe lack of um, flexibility or uh, having that plan B at times mm. when, when it's been required. Certainly, certainly mid-game as well. But this was sort of happening uh, prior to like, you know, at the start of the game when the selection came out and you you messaged me, I had no idea. He said, Petty's starting forward. And I was thinking, what the heck? And then, of course, there you go. You, you look at the teams running out because was, I was pretty late getting in, into my seat uh, just before the bounce. But yeah, to see Petty forward... And for them to opt to go, yeah, with a smaller back there, so he had Bowie Rivers starting on the ground as well as as well as McVeigh as well. So gave us a really different look up forward, uh, especially with that mix of Ben Brown as well too, and uh, Rue did start on the ground. I think it's yeah, it's just it's refreshing to see as a fan that we do have those tricks up his sleeve a little bit. You know, last year it came late into the season when he deployed Gus back into the middle, and that was like, oh, okay, yeah, like you know, 
back where Gus had started and that was something that, that did sort of pay off in those few games, not that we got the success that we were after. But I think it also shows the faith that he's gotten some of these younger players as well too. And I think we saw some great performances from Kyle Chandler's uh, and it kind of just showed how valuable our VFL program is and, and like the call not to debut Rue too early. Uh, it it does. There's a reason why like Casey won the grand final last year. We've got a really big talent uh, of a talented pool of players waiting to come in. And yeah, I think now trying to incorporate and blood some of those players into the seniors now is, is going to be really interesting to see how that continues to unfold this season. Yeah, exactly. Well, big touch on Rue is because by him not playing, that made him hungrier to debut, I think. And that could only just benefit uh, his football. Obviously, his first year was outstanding. I mean, he was banging the door down, especially late. Could have easily came into that side. Um, but, you know, we did, you know, the big stage, it could have been interesting, might not have been the right time, but for, uh, allowing him to put on some more size in the offseason and for him to have a huge preseason, especially being able to learn, you know, under you know, experienced players like Ben Brown, Tom McDonald, I think it's really good for his development. And plus, you know, having the success of, you know, having a taste for winning a flag in the VFL, which is just spanned off. I think another player that sort of has gone through, not really through the crap, cracks just then with yourself, um, through the cracks. <laughs> through the crap. Oh, Maybe. That's a, that's a late one. Um, <laughs> it's definitely Juddy McVie. I thought Juddy McVie's game was outrageously good. And I think he kind of got unshowed, you know, pushed, not really pushed to the side in terms of the other boys, but he was he was super. There's been so many Melbourne Melbourne supporters raving about his performance and to be honest, he, he just looked really, really clean and you sort of you wonder about him because I mean, got all those really good young you know, your Bowies, your, your obviously McVeigh, your rivers. For when like Salem comes back, you think about what that's gonna look like team wise and you think, you know, could we start deploying Salem in different areas or could we I mean, I think Rivers is one that could really push and start hurting sides in, in the midfield, which, you know, he's got a booming right foot. He's, you know, he's quick. He's just an animal, really. He he could really explode into a player, which I think he had, you know, the 20-odd disposals on the weekend. And, you know, you can really see it. Um, mind you, he's got the best best legs in the team. Um, always have to talk about that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Um, are we, are we, you're still talking about Rivers, right? Are you talking? I am about... sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you talk about me for a second? But um... oh, no, you got nice pins, mate. Don't worry. Uh, I was just going to touch on Juddy McVie because yeah, you you nailed it and you you jumped in. Uh, you got there yeah, before me, it. which is yeah, no, which is which is great because it means it's not going unsung at all. Uh, he just seems to have all the time in the world around there. He kind of. You don't want to compare him to a penalty, but it does have that kind of. Um, he's just Penal. very smooth with the ball, don't you reckon? But I'm going to I'm going to go like things. more more Dacos, I reckon. Yeah, you know, the halfback style where yeah, you know, he looks just like a smooth mover. I mean, it's a pretty interesting comparison. I mean, same age. <laughs> oh, imagine if we Jaddy yeah. <laughs> McVeigh becomes another Dacos. Oh my yeah. goodness! But there was a but, reason, um, I suppose, why that Gorney and was talking about pre-season about he was a, he was a late bloomer like he he was uh, one of those players that kind of came out of nowhere at the end of last year and made a real push to to hit the seniors and there was one particular moment in that third quarter where from centre bounce and he's just racing off the back of the square and 
ends up you know getting an inside 50 and we end up scoring a goal out of it but he just does he it looks like he doesn't panic at all with ball in hand and i think again you're right it could complement our back line and allow us to maybe use somebody like a salem who we're going to miss for a good chunk of this season uh to, to potentially find somewhere else for him to slot in and and hopefully mcvee can get a few more games under his belt and get some consistency going yeah 100 i think He's, I mean, he probably had a bit more of a quieter game against Brisbane, but I thought his round one was solid. And then especially this round, he was just yeah, fantastic to see. He'd be like, oh, well done, Juddy. Like he was, you know, I could, you could count on almost two hands, or more than two hands of how many times he did something that was really, really solid. Um, you know, not to mention, I think it was just a whole team performance. I think it's probably a thing I'm going to look at. You know, there wasn't anyone really wavering apart from, I mean, Benny Brown had one touch in, in a half of footy, but just, yeah, he looked a bit sore. I think he'd been, looked like he just looked a bit banged up. Uh, it, yeah, apart from that, I mean, Malcolm didn't supply much, but as a, as a collective, we just looked on, on song as a team and we, yeah, especially I think shoring up the clearance battle too was the biggest thing for me to, you know, obviously getting smashed for, or comprehensively smashed for three quarters. It was great to see us. You know, at least even it up. I knew we were, we were chatting on off air just before, saying we're getting done in the first half, and you know we'll kind of. Oh, actually, I might. I remember looking at the scoreboard. We're getting slaughtered early, but still we're up on the scoreboard pretty well. And I was like, yeah. you know, especially first quarter. I think we're getting absolutely slaughtered. Shorted up a little bit in the second quarter, but you know, I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, where are we going to get the ascendancy? And um, the the boys definitely prevailed, especially Petrarca. I thought his clearance game. It's really strong. Yeah, and yeah, you you definitely I think summed it up pretty well in terms of a whole team performance. Now, in games gone past when we've had a real standout uh, game from you know your Clary or Petrarca, and look, Clary did have an extremely effective game, and we'll talk about him in a second. But it, it was kind of that combined effort where there wasn't really one person that was carrying us the entire day and I think that was the really pleasing thing about it because you think back to last week I think our performance probably got a little bit uh, swept under the rug given the whole debacle of the lights going out and I think how poorly we played last week at the Gabba and we as supporters probably knew it was a bit of an anomaly like we knew that we were not that bad to to do that again but I think to see the response um as a D supporter, that's got to be the most pleasing thing. Against a side that has history against us, what was it, 11 in the last 13? Mm-hmm. Um, and now the, now the Swannies have then conceded 20 goals in the last two games at the G, so being that like in the grand there. final. <laughs> don't like playing there, even though they did beat us in the finals. Yeah, yeah, we definitely unsettled them, and I think we had a point to prove, especially post-blackout last, last week, obviously the five goals to none, but then we carried that form into you know, the first quarter. Um, on Sunday, I just thought we're on early. A lot of people, a lot of people were messaging me, "Oh, the day's looking pretty good." And I'm just like, Oof. "Hey, try and be in here because I got to just keep a lid on it, just to make sure we got over the line." And then you know, Sydney sort of crept back, and they were getting, you know, probably something that probably more for the next segment. Um, but they were just getting really cheap goals, and I was just like, "Ah, oh. it just looked like a bit of miscommunication." And I thought, you know, once we shored that up, you know, I knew we were pretty set. Yeah, I think 
talked about talk about momentum so much in in games and this again was games of momentum swings and i think the biggest difference to probably what we saw in the back half of 2022 was us not being able to arrest that momentum and and that was unfortunately the cause of some of those second half fade outs and that is what we did not see on sunday afternoon i think when you get to the third quarter and Goulden kicks that soccer goal and that brings them to within eight and i know they get within six and yeah i couldn't help but feel that it was the qualifying final all over again, like Sydney, and we know how good a side they are. They've got some talented veterans and they've got some exciting young players. They they just overpowered us last year. But, it was, I mean, the response, you know, you think about after that goal from Goulden and then you got Chandler, um, Chandler's goal that settles it back in and then Fritter now is his third. How good oh, was that set shot? It was Wrong amazing. side for a left footer and I was just like, wow. So, what did I just say? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think... That goal was the result of that that transition goal, and I've written it down here before because I was <laughs> re-watching the uh, the sidelines. Um, I've forgotten where it was now, but I think there was the Lockie Hunter ended up. He had either Rue at about 65, 70 out to hit up. I think Clary was running through the midfield. Clary missed kicks kind of to Hunter, and Hunter has to kind of run on it to a little bit. We're, we're streaming forward, but there was nothing really too much forward of the ball, except you, it was hard to see Chandler yes, no, right no, in the no, back. I do remember it now. I just and, thought how, how smart Clary's kick and the was. Gut running, and the gut running from Chandler to, to take that mark, he was busting his ass and, like, as you said, just executed perfectly to, to, to nail that set shot that really kind of swung the momentum back in our way because Papley was getting all up and about um, in that third quarter. And, yeah, I, you couldn't be more pleased as a day supporter to see us respond uh, to, yeah, a familiar setting and a familiar scoreboard uh, during that time. And, I, I, yeah, it was stoked. And I knew you'd love it. And I'm, I'm glad you said it first up tonight was about putting the foot to the throat because I know that will come up a couple of times tonight. And, and when we continue to do that, uh, yeah, it's uh, it just shows how dangerous we can be and how we can flip the switch and just really prove to everybody that we're we're certainly up in the mix and and uh we need to be up around around that mark at the end of the year to make a a good run into the end of september exactly and well you look at all the all the three games we've played this year we've finished really strong and i think you know if we can continuously see that we're starting to get that fitness back um from 2021 where we're just steamrolling sides so let, 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 to be honest, let's, let's hope that is back and players have got a decent preseason behind them um, without those niggles, etc. Hopefully that does continue. Uh, I think this is probably the biggest thing. Actually, do you know what? There's something I really do want to touch on. And this is probably something you haven't noticed before we do get into the big news. Uh, that is Melbourne's ability to know where our wingers are going to be. I know that a lot of the time Petrarca doesn't even look, he just handballs out and you just see Langdon or Lockie Hunter catch the ball. I don't know if you've noticed how cohesive that is. It's bloody next level. I reckon I picked it up at least six to eight times. Sorry, I was just having a drink there. <laughs> I had to get you to go on for an extra couple of seconds. Uh, yeah, look, I probably haven't noticed it as such, but I think we've just been so spoiled, I guess, with having a quality winger like Langdon. But now, now we've got two. Now we've got two in Lockie Hunter, who's now again like his game on the weekend as well. Too, he's just his synergy with the team already is like so impressive. Like the way that he can just yeah be able to read the play and 
look, he doesn't, he's not the quickest player on the ground, but far out, his IQ and his ability to be able to make the right play and use his, use his headspace um, with that is, is second to none. And look, he chipped him with a couple of goals as well too. Um, what he had, like about 25 touches. And, and it's proving, again, just how damaging he can be. And if someone is going to put... You, you brought this up last week. If someone's going to put the work into Langdon, which they didn't as such, and Langdon had a terrific game as well. But yeah, they can damage you on either side. And uh, no, it's it's great to see that, that chemistry working between someone who's been in the club for only a few months. Exactly. And you think about what we gave up to get him is just un, unheard of. The, the third round pick for him, gee, we've lucked out big time because he fits it, it fits into that role perfectly because we're kind of like, oh, Brayshaw. I mean, obviously, Brayshaw did it well 2021. James Jordan for most of the year last year and, you know, kind of been a little bit unsettled with, you know, like the team started putting into work into Langdon that we couldn't use it as well. And, and now they're going to put time into both of them, which is going to be a great thing moving forward. Look, it's, I'll tell you what, trying to condense the credits of the boys this week into <laughs> Come a on, small Come on, it's the biggest thing all right. this episode you know is all about. Okay, look, all right, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go really quick. I'm going to, it's four things we still need to touch on. Now, I think they need to be touched on. The contested ball, back to our best, dominated. Um, the set shots, which <laughs> I remember because I was with the, at the footy with Dale, and I said, we can't miss. And I, I just... Insane. I, I was like, this is crazy. And we just genuinely couldn't miss. And I was like, you know, I mean, obviously Choco has done something pretty amazing. Um, I'll run these off to get it going. Uh, I thought, you know, well done to Clary, 150 games. And mind you, he's only missed a couple in his career as well. So he's been super healthy. He's been super consistent. And I think, you know, if he keeps going, he's going to go down as one of the greatest Ds to ever play. Um, yeah, I think... I mean, you talk about individual accolades, but you know, I hope to see he has multiple premiership medals. Um, yeah, and then potentially that Brownlow medal could become a thing because a lot of people say you know, it's his to lose. And I think you know the bigger players around him haven't had the strongest of starts, but he's had quite a strong start. And yeah, hopefully he does continue. Um, Big Gorney didn't play. <laughs> it was Grundy. Grundy was fantastic. He took the the brunt of the low, and I thought. You know, his, his game, he was back to his old straight best, I thought. And, I mean, yes, it was against Peter Laddams and um, was Amadi. Um, Amadi, yeah, Amadi. I thought he was yeah. really, really strong around the ground. Um, his follow-up work was strong. And, um, look, mate, I'm, I'm bloody excited to see what he's going to do to a pretty much a non-West Coast Ruckman. Yeah, no, no. Grundy's Grundy's game was was exceptional, and again, you just you're just watching him build that relationship and that chemistry with our midfield as well, and he just he looked just he's, he's just improved game after game that he's played, and it's always going to be the case. But again, having that opportunity now to sort of spend more time as number one ruck as well is really going to kind of fast track some of that, some of those. Uh, you know, synergies that we want to see build within this group. And yeah, his ability again to follow up, uh, you know, to run as well too. And, and just he had a great looping handball. I think that led to a goal as well too. So no, he, he's certainly like, he's still not, you know, 100% of, of what he was two years ago, but he's, he's bloody close. And I think that's all we can ask for. So uh, just quickly to go back on Clary as well too. His game, you think about as well too, the 25 touches, like whilst from... From the clarity that we've seen in the past where he has racked up a lot of possessions and you compare it to the Brisbane game last week 
where he had, what was it, 38 or something like that, something silly. But I think the biggest stat that stands out to me is one turnover and running at 80% efficiency. So last last week he had, what was it, 12 turnovers. So you think, like, for him to be using the ball so much better, it can be so much more impactful for us as a group and be sort of help assist to victory rather than him sort of um, just accumulating you know, stats and, and, and not being careful with the ball, which we talked about last week, that blasting away. So the damaging side of things and, and for him to hit the scoreboard as well a couple of times was, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I tell you what, if we saw, see more than that, buddy, good luck because, yeah, you, you just spot on about if the he kicks, if, he, if he kicks around the 20-goal mark, it could be his. Yeah. You know, I think when you look at Paddy Cripps, you know, he kicked around the 20, 25 goals and you think about him winning it. So, yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head with Clary too to touch on or to continue to touch on him. You know, he wasn't getting a huge amount of possession, but I'll tell you what, his, the value of his possession was much more um, recognisable this week. I mean, you thought his 25 this week were more impactful than his 37 last week. So, you know, and Supercoach loved it too. <laughs> if there's some... What did he, what did he get? There. What did he rank? 156, I think it was the second ranked... The second or third highest for the round, so very good. Um, but yeah, efficiency um, was amazing. All right, you ready for this, mate? It's ready, uh, ready it's for been what? Building. <laughs> there it is. Uh, oh, how, how good, good. <laughs> mate! I tell you what, it's nice to replace weed with roo. It's a bit nicer to say. Yeah. Um, it's. I'm I'm very amazed, but I'm not surprised about what he's been able to achieve. Um, I just love his attack on the footy. Um, set shots like they look like they only just get get over the line, but look they they go straight, and you know it's nothing you know nothing too out of the ordinary. It's just a pretty straight conventional run up. It's you know he went three for three. It's it's Rue baby. He's Mate. here. It's, uh, it's exciting times. It is. It is. And you're right. I think the physicality of him as well too and he's, he's got, you know, he aspires to be in the contest and, and making contact. And I think his first, you know, like his, his first contest that he attended was, was just a big old bump, like, you know, doing it doing it legally and doing it the right way, but just absolutely putting, putting shoulder in. And then we saw with his actual first touch, just his ability to be able to hit up Neil Bullen. I mean, that was within two minutes of the ball being bounced and the the echoes of the Rue around the ground was just so infectious and so <laughs> exciting. Like everyone just bought into it straight away. I mean, I didn't know it was gonna happen and far out it, it took it's yeah, it took, you know, milliseconds for it to catch on around and and then for him to kick his goal, first goal, only probably about a minute later from a free kick was uh nah it was just such exciting to see him and he he's just going to be a really impactful player for the club for a long time and i think touched on it earlier there's big calls and probably the pressure on goody probably to maybe bring him in towards the end of last year and i think the size that he put on and when i went and watched a training at uh, at the start of the year and you could kind of tell how how physically big he was. Now I didn't see him last year, but you could tell being being a player only in the system a couple of years. Like he's just done a body of work over the summer to make himself strong. And he's spoken about that. He needed to get himself match fit. He needed to get himself stronger to be able to compete. And yeah, but his willingness to to, 
to contest every ball and his tackles. What I think second in second for the days in tackles was six. Like to have that from your from your key forward is just everything that you want. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. He just loves just loves throwing his body at the contest and yeah, you you're right. It was great seeing him just deliver what big bump just to start to, you know, make his presence felt and you know, it's it's gonna be interesting to see who he actually draws the biggest comparison to, um, into a young key forward. I mean, who who's who else does really stand out to you that um who he can connect with in terms of how early he's had an impact? Being a second year player, a key forward, like it takes a while to come through the the woodworks, unless obviously if you're a really high draft pick, which mind you, Rui was I think a pick nineteen, so he wasn't he wasn't you know a late draft pick. He was you know pretty early, and obviously the biggest thing now, and um, we've got the same issue with Cozzy is keeping them on board, and you know hopefully we don't have another Co- uh, Jackson situation. So yeah, it'd be nice to see both him and Cozzy locked in, but. That's uh, continuing. Oh man, I can't. I can't Is wait there... to see what this kid can do. Yeah, no, no, no. That's right. And they've just they've they've got to get games into him now. And I think, you know, T Mac had a strong game at VFL level as well too. Like that, that pressure's going to be there. But also, like I don't. I'm, it'd be interesting to see if Ben Brown gets back up for next week as well too. So the dynamic that they had, especially in that last quarter, without Ben Brown there, like as you said, looking a bit tight, a couple of couple of disposals not really able to move very well. Like it just go gives us a little bit more aerobic ability in the forward line, which we haven't had, not an athlete of his stature. So uh yeah, that's well too. Um anything else on Rui? I don't well, not much of a, anyone else there. There's a few other performances that I'm sure we could keep talking about as well too. As you said, trying to condense it down. I thought Fritter just bobbed up and kicked some really timely goals as well too. So I finished with the three. And and Chandler, I know, do you want to talk about Chandler? Like, there's probably a little bit more to say about Chandler as oh, well. Three really... snags. Three snags, but a very valuable nine disposals. Yeah. Um, highly efficient. Um, not a huge amount of game time, but definitely um, his presence was well well documented, I thought. And probably for me is Rivers. Uh, Sorry, can I just jump in for a sec on Chandler? Interesting mm-hmm. point. There's, I was reading an article, I think it was Riley Beveridge on AFL, and it was really interesting. came out today and documenting a little bit about Goody's coaching from the weekend and some of the players that came in. But this is interesting, something I read about Chandler. So obviously we know that his record as the sub last year, very well documented. This year he's played every game and ranks in the top three at the Ds for goals, goal assists, score involvements, and tackles inside 50. So that already shows you the impact that he's having. Now, Cozzy's not in there, but then with Cozzy also moving to the midfield as well, it still allows Chandler to have a really pivotal role, and I think he's, he's easily easily earned his spot in there and, and should be given every chance to play every game. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. <laughs> All right, Tim. What do you? Uh... Oh, it might sound a little bit different because uh, I decided to change the setting here. Uh... <laughs> Now, I'm pretty pissed off about my microphone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing. It's pretty much the only, oh, maybe one of 
two things I can be pissed off about. Actually, do you know what? I actually am only pissed off about one thing, and I'll leave the rest for you because it's a pretty short segment this week. Now, interesting debate here. The chant of Melbourne. I just sat there because I hate Collingwood. And obviously you got the Collingwood. I hate it. I personally hate it and I couldn't get myself to do it. There was a chance going around and I couldn't do it. I what are your thoughts? I personally don't hear it. Like when I've been at the ground, like I, I haven't I haven't really heard it. It mustn't travel very far. It certainly doesn't travel around the whole ground. Well, it's probably because it's shit. Not many people <laughs> want to do it. Nah. No, I don't I don't rate it. Um, yeah. What, well, hang on. What we need to do, maybe we should put this out to the fans, yep. listeners. What would be, like obviously Collingwood's got Collingwood and it gets really loud. What mm. would be something that we could say? Demons! Demons! <laughs> oh, I think it's got to be, uh, I think it's got to be uh, credit to the artists that created our, well, not ours, It's um, we stole it. <laughs> We're using it. Come on, demons. What about just like, come on, demons. Just around the again. Come on, demons. And then it's just got the, come on, come on, come on, come on, demons. And then you, you got should the be crowd in the cheer going, squad. I reckon, I reckon you should get yourself a cheer squad. Get in the demon <laughs> army. <laughs> we'll have to call up Sue and we'll have to tell her. That's, that's what we're starting. That's it. I reckon, I reckon I'm going to roll with that. <laughs> Next time I'm around there, I'll start a chant and see how many people... Catch on. But seriously, the Collingwood <laughs> thing, and I heard the Melbourne thing, I just cannot get myself to do it. No. Nah, nah, it I makes me feel no, a bit ill. No. Nah. But no, no. we need to be loud. We need to have a presence, but we don't have a presence unless you start chanting that crap. It <laughs> <laughs> makes right. me feel crap. But anyway. Hey, mate, that, it, that it? That's it, mate. That's, that's it. it. It's a hard, hard one to find. Not a lot to love. It was... Yeah, I was a bit disappointed when I saw Rui didn't get the Rising Star, but you've informed me that the guy that won it was, uh, well, that Jim. got nominated, was uh, probably yeah. worthy. And we'll see probably, next week. Do you know what? He'll probably tag. He'll probably tag Oliver, which is going to be really interesting because, you know, for him to learn the craft a bit. Um, or even a Petrarca, he could be given a run-with role. Um, yeah, okay. Tackles a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was very a very worthy winner. But, yeah, Rui can... Only get better here. Only what do you have the nine touches, three goals, or eight touches? But you know, gets in a ruck and gets stuck in there too. So yeah. Anyway, no, that's right. Uh, and then look, the only tiny little thing is from everything that we did right. This is the only thing that is, I think just a handful of times I saw a few players just trying to break through a few too many tackles, and we got pinged for holding the ball a couple of times. It didn't cost us drastically, you know. I think James Jordan did it uh, a couple of times. There's, there's certainly like is that the double? Is that the double spin? The double, yeah, yeah. So he spun once and then spun again, and yeah, I think he bit off a bit more than he could chew. Uh, I think track the track every now and then always probably goes for one and, and taking that chance. But we you don't want to coach that out of the players as well too because we've got some incredibly powerful midfielders there, and and yeah, so I want want him to take the game on, and I think. Again, the way that we did take the game on and, and move the ball, um, you know, requires us to take chances and, and to play with a bit of dare. And at times, your players are going to break through those tackles and at times you're not, and they're going to get pinged by it. So that was it. Uh, we saw another couple of instances 
of the descent rule, which has been a bit of a talking point this round as well too. I don't. What's your thoughts on that? I'm I'm fine with it. It it'd be frustrating that the consistency hasn't been there since round one, but I'm fine with with uh, with what they want to go with. Just uh, they probably need to communicate that a little bit better to the clubs. Now I've I've just gone lost my track of train of thought there. Were you talking about the stand rule? Sorry, <laughs> you love me there. You're talking <laughs> about the stand rule. I'm talking about like players doing handstands when people are trying to do. Um, oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not talking about any of those things. <laughs> oh my god, oh. I was talking about the descent rule. But anyway, that's okay. Oh, right. You don't yeah. Well, do you know what? There was a weird one that come about. Was the um. You seen the Carlton GWS game? Oh, well, I like, everyone's heard hell? about it. Everyone's having yeah. an interview. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what, what the hell is going on here? But did that yeah. really result in the in the does that really sway the result of the game? Ask Al, I guess. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot of like we were at the pub in the Gamby, and I was just like, what the hell was that for? <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, apparently yeah, mm. Cogs was yeah. Talking crap, but anyway. No, all he did is just he threw his arms out and said, "Why well, was not a free kick?" And I don't know. He might have swore or something. They've shown the footage a thousand times. It's, it's no different to like what Papley did. Oh no, sorry, Haywood did on Sunday afternoon. Like he he kind of looked at the umpire, might have said something, and they called it straight away. And I'm completely all right with that. Like they started last year, but the thing is, you, you're only asking for trouble when you're not being consistent with that. And if that message isn't consistent, then clubs and players are going to be frustrated because mm. what's not being called in round one or what's not being called in some games has then been called in others. And yeah, they just they just need to fix that up. And um, and then players will abide by it because you know still remember that practice match was it started oh. last year where we got yeah, it was about like five it was about five fifties <laughs> that resulted in goals against Carlton and then Al couldn't just shut up about them beating us. <laughs> but anyway, so that's um, it. that's basically. It. Yeah, isn't it? Done with that. Yeah. Jeez, your mic sounds really good, mate. Did you change something? <laughs> oh, it's it's gone well. I've <laughs> only been doing it for bloody two years, and yeah. Anyway, they're funny, funny stuff. Uh, I got <laughs> I got last week a term brain. Let's be fair. I'm hanging on by thready. Nah, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. It's a hop and delightful display player of the year, the year award. It is round three. It is uh, recapping our Sydney v Melbourne uh, demolition, uh, demolition at uh, the MCG on Sunday. Um, one vote goes to someone that actually played a pretty handy intercept role game, and that is Trent Rivers for one vote. Oh, it's, this week was really hard. It really was hard tough. to give. Yeah, um, so many honor, honorable mentions, and yeah. there's a few blokes that definitely went uh, out of the uh, voting here. Rivers, got to find him on the spreadsheet. Is his name on it? There it is. All right, one vote for Riv. Okay, my one vote goes to Cade Chandler. I just, I'm really impressed with his game, and again, love what he's building over the start of this season already, and hopefully we can kind of continue to see that as well too. Just. Not being a player that impacts heaps with a lot of possession, but just what he does with each one. And yeah, the, the three snags and the forward pressure uh, and his effort is just amazing. And that chin, the crimson chin, love it. <laughs> there was a lot of chin getting thrown around on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of people going, go chin, go chin. <laughs> Kick chin. 
That'd be good uh, too. Crimson Chin. It would be. Um, or like, do you remember the Toy Soldiers movie? Yeah. It kind of looks like one of those. Chip, Chip um, was it Chip Hazard. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, one. <laughs> um, my two votes goes to someone that probably went on kind of like unshadowed. I thought Petrarca's clearance game was huge. Um, definitely got, yeah, definitely, oh, I'd say underrated in some respects because of how well and how efficient Clary was. But yeah, his clearance game got us got us propelling. Um, and I thought he was outrageously good. Bruce 33. And somebody that assisted in those clearances is my two votes, and that's Brody Grundy, because I just think that, again, his first big test as number one ruckman, he, yeah, he excelled in it. Like, from from the first to last quarter and, and had Rui in there sort of chip, hit, uh, p- chip hitting, p- pinch hitting, pinch hitting, <laughs> chip hitting, pinch hitting uh, in between. But, uh, again, like, his follow-up work around the ground, and I guess just watching the players adapt to him, knowing that he's not the same presence as what Gorney is, but he's trying to utilise his assets to try and make his impact as, as positive as it can to, to lead us to uh, to many more victories. So, yeah, I thought it was a great step in the right direction. Absolutely. Now, my three votes goes to someone that was just an absolute legend on the bench, and that's Ben Brown. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> my three votes goes to the one you gave two votes and Brody Grundy. I thought he was, yeah, outrageous, and I thought... Um, yeah, just being able to, to get that number one ruck roll, roll back. And I thought, here we go. This is very close to All-Australian Grundy. Um, yeah, I thought he was outstanding. And I can't wait to get him or find a way for him to get in my Supercoach side for Darcy Cameron. Yeah, that'll be, it'll be tough. Expensive? Yeah, uh, it's 13K difference and I have $0 to my name. So I'm in trouble. <laughs> Uh, well, it, my three votes goes to Clary. I just think, again, he, without being that kind of 45 possession game and kind of carrying the side, it was just the maturity of his game and the celebration of 150 games of a player who's going to go down in the history books as probably one of, if not the greatest de- demon to play and was just super impressed with, like I mentioned, the, the one turnover, the seven tackles as well too, I think seeing that aggressiveness and he led the Gs in tackles. Almost, almost getting reported too. <laughs> it was close with Parker. Oh, yeah. The big sling and I was like, Yeah, oh. true. But yeah, again, I, I think hopefully that we're watching him put together a very uh, very tidy season and, and fingers crossed that that results in Mostly team accolades, but yeah, if there's a personal accolade on the way there, I think it'll be a nice little bit, um, nice little bit of recognition that yeah, that continues his legacy on. You got a leaderboard for us? Um, I can get one up. Get one up. Go quick quickly. Maths. Quick, quick mass. Good old quick mass. Oh, I can. Oh, shit. Hang on. No, I already put him in. All right. So we still have. I think Lever is still in front on eight votes and. Again, probably a quieter game from him. Uh, we haven't even touched on the defence really at all tonight. Uh, not well, not only main stays anyway in, in May and, and leave up. But no, so how good got, was but, having May back? I was going to say we probably should have touched on Stevie May, but how good was having him back? It was good. It was great. That bullet way. pass to Frida was amazing. Uh, yeah, so we've got five votes. No, sorry, where are we? Eight votes for Jake Lever. We have, I think there's a few on five. Uh, Cozzy on six still from round one. <laughs> Hasn't played in two weeks and still coming second. Uh, and then we've got Brown and Clary on five. Grundy on five as well too. So 
yeah, I don't know how many players I just read out then. It's um, it's 10 past 10 on Tuesday night and <laughs> you're asking me to compute a lot of information right now. And <laughs> that's it. So, yeah, hopefully people can make sense of that. People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fagazi. Can you do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the Wall <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's woozy, it's wazzy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Fugazi, talking points from Attention to Detail, loyal listeners from Sunday afternoon's clinical display against the Swannies. First one comes in from Mick Mole, plain and simple, our ability to win the contested football. So, yeah, you look at our downfall last week against the Lions, plus 34 this week against the Swans, who are generally pretty tough in the middle, but I think as well, our big bodies just completely outmuscled them. And I mean, well, that might be obvious, but I think the big bodied midfielders that we have just couldn't, uh, they couldn't compete with us. And I think that that was a real strength of ours and, and something that's really a trait for the D's and has been for the last few years, but it's good to see us get on top of that. It was, it was really interesting because I thought the difference between Sydney last year and this year was like gobsmacking. I, I don't know if they got rattled from, from their grand final loss, but I thought... You know, with the teams they've played so far, Gold Coast and I can't really think of the other one at the moment, but they haven't Hawthorne, played much job. Hawthorne, there you go. Yeah. Okay, well, they haven't had to come up against a decent side yet. So, you know, I think they were just a bit shell-shocked. Um, next one comes in from Grant Smith. Uh, many had Sydney pegged for a win. Uh, to lead, then be challenged and get back on terms then dismantled the Swans in that fashion, one to remember, 100%. I think as D's fans, it's, it was nice to you know, to see it again, to see us put a foot to the floor or foot to the throat, as we were saying before. Um, yeah, yeah amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, foot to the throat. It was. No, nah, probably one of the most fun, fun games I've been to. And yeah, uh, that includes the whole day in itself, but it, it was a fun victory to be a part of as well too. Uh, next one comes from JB Express. How good was it to see our new and relatively younger demons take the field? The growth in the team is, is exciting. And yeah, as we've mentioned before, I think see some of these new faces start to come in, trying to get some of these young players games under their belt earlier in the season and then give us a few few different looks that we can use later on in the season when when uh, yeah, when it comes down to the business end. So hopefully, you know, we might see a couple of others, but yeah, at least to see that. Uh, being the mindset from the coaching group is, is really pleasing to see. 100%. Next one comes in from Kirk Scott. Um, amazing efficiency and accuracy up forward. Nothing applies pressure more than scoreboard pressure. Yeah, 100%. We touched on it before to see how good our set shot kicking was. I mean, obviously, we've been well, based on you know what we saw. Obviously, we've been working very, very hard on our goal kicking. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all for... <laughs> For this week, my friend. I think we're now... I think I was just reading and posted a tweet from... I think might have been My Heart Beats True, the Twitter page. But I think the Ds have just slotted in on top for the most accurate team in the season so far in the competition. I did see that. Yeah. Just so... Yep. Uh, yeah. Fair say that Chucko Williams would have something to do with that, for sure. Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing. But we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. Oh, it's that week of the time. That's one 
week at a time. <laughs> it's that it's, week uh, at a time. <laughs> I've yeah, I've had a, I've had an absolute ripping <laughs> night tonight. Yeah, uh, two days ago, school holidays is coming. We're gonna be pretty blessed in terms of the type of footy we get to play against particular sides for the next couple of weeks on the holidays. West Coast on Sunday afternoon, a late start. I think it's a six o'clock start. West Coast going through a fair bit of injury, injury concerns over the weekend. So you think they're going to be pretty short-handed, but um, they're looking forward to the Jaden Hunt Cup. Yeah, I mean he, he's done some really nice things. I think he's almost going into a goal game at the moment. Hunt, he's done some really exciting things, and you know he's a player that I didn't really want to lose. We like we're going to a happy hunting ground in Perth. It's something that we're to really like, and it's something that we play really well at. So I'm assuming that will continue. Um, just can't really be taking the team lightly. And I think just getting over there and getting the job done, um, which we did last year, they're going to be pretty short-handed. And I think, you know, it's almost a fill-your-boots kind of setup. But hopefully the Melbourne players don't think that way. Look at their injury list, especially just even from the game just gone. So they've got McGovern, hamstring, Shuey, hamstring, Witherden, concussed, Liam Ryan, knee, and Cripps busted his ankle pretty bad. So... Again, like they're all their mainstays, veterans, like the heart and soul of that club. And they already had an extensive list before that. So as you mentioned, I think the biggest thing going into it is just not taking it lightly and, and keeping up that pressure and picking up where we left off from Sunday afternoon. We we don't want to go over there and go in expecting a win. I, I can't say we've really done that recent times. The AFL competition is so tough and we need to make sure that we're on our game. And Goody preaches that all the time so i'm sure the boys will be right and as you mentioned we do there's a bit of selection uh a little bit of selection decisions to be made especially with yeah probably one of our most important if not influential players returning yeah exactly well the thing with west coast i thought they were actually really good against freo uh they'll probably pretty much 17 and a half players running out towards the end of that game and i thought you know they battled pretty Gallantly, I think they might get Elliot Yo potentially back for the first time this year. Uh, I think that's a bit of a chat, but yeah, a lot of cattle that are going to be missing, and um, yeah, hopefully we just put the foot to the floor. Yeah, it's been the kind of the mantra: foot to the throat, foot to the floor. Um, be nice to see a pretty comprehensive uh, win here. Changes this week, I think the the obvious one that obviously stands out to us is you know the return of Cosy, aka Sirioli. 2.0 slash Cozzy 1.0. Um, yeah, he's just roll with that. <laughs> just roll with that. Yeah, it's just his own thing. But the problem is, who's gone out for him? Do we go smaller? Does Ben Brown get up for the game? Do we roll with ben, uh, Tom McDonald coming back for Ben Brown? Do we, you know, does Malcolm go out? Does Cozzy go in? Does another small player go to the sub? Who knows? In a pickle because the players that are probably fringe players played well. Um, especially James Jordan, who's probably the one that's most supporters are saying. James Jordan, probably a bit of a like-for-like. Like. He found himself at times on a half-forward line slash midfield, and that's you know, probably thinking more Cozzy style. Interested to see how Chandler goes back with Cozzy back in the side and you know what role he has, because I'd love to see Chandler still in that best 22, you know, supplying that pressure like Spargo and you know, the Tommy Sparrows, etc. which, mind you, Tommy Sparrow probably had the most quietest game amongst players, apart from Malksham and Ben Brown, across the day with his 10 touches and a goal. So he could be good. He probably loves him. So it's a bit bit tough. But, yeah, interesting conundrum. 
Uh, who knows? Who knows what happens, mate? What do you What do you think? Well, let's 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 assume that Brown probably doesn't get up. Like I think the to risk the, right the travel way. to yeah. the travel to Perth and look, Michael Hibbard might be in that space as well too. So I don't think that the players are really that rigid to a position. And I think with Cozzy and even with Chandler, well, Chandler high pressure forward. Cozzy now has sort of been moved around a little bit, especially into the centre. So if he's playing that sort of 60-40, whatever it ends up being, I don't think that'll really impact Chandler's position too much. It just might be whoever starts on the field and who's starting on the bench. I think Chandler's no, in no danger of, of losing his spot to Cozzy. And yeah, like with Melksham, whether they choose to go him with the tactical sub, it would be extremely disappointing to see Chandler go out as the sub, which I don't think will happen. You floated Jim Jordan... His game was pretty stellar on Sunday afternoon as well, too. I think he would, again, be unlucky. But we've got a few of those players that can probably have that little bit of X factor. And, and whilst Malkstrom has been quiet, probably out of all the emergencies that we've had, he's still probably been somebody that, in the right circumstances, could potentially kick a couple of goals in a quarter, potentially have a bit of a difference and be that bit of an X factor. And I think being that seasoned veteran as well, too, you know, he's not the quickest bloke, so when you talk about fresh legs, it's not like there's fresh speed there. But yeah, I think they must like having him there, back waiting in the wings for that reason. It's pretty hard to go other than what the Cozzy Pickett selection would be. But predictions, I think we get the job done pretty comfortably. I think if we didn't, there'd be probably something wrong and probably you know, question probably our character, I'd say. Yeah, if we're not able to put a foot to the floor to it, you know, depleted West Coast side. I mean, what are we what are we sort of doing? It's a pretty happy hunting ground. So, yeah, I'd say probably 10 goals, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy with anything between, yeah, 7 to seven to 12 goals. And, yeah, let's hope Rui puts on a, a, a good performance back on home soil for him in front of his family. But we want him playing uh, all of his footy in Victoria. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that as well too talk here a lot about attention to detail i know you do in an investigation details matter that's as much detail as we're going to go into today we got there another week done mate days are flying geelong's on the bottom it's been a bloody good weekend <laughs> <laughs> hey they didn't hike in uh they didn't hike interest rates today that's that's another big win for all of us uh as well too so that's <clears throat> that's a big relief but no nah, it's uh it's been an exciting week weekend of footy and yeah, got a big match coming up this weekend, Sunday afternoon. So I got a little bit to wait, but it's nice. I don't know. What do you prefer? Do you prefer the D's to play earlier on the round, or you don't mind at the end of the round where you know when you can either relax or? Oh, uh, just at any time, mate. I'm I'm pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's always nice having us on in Melbourne on like a on a Saturday or Friday night, and just you know go out after woods and celebrate a win and things like that's pretty nice yeah um even like a nice like the sunday afternoon game was awesome on the weekend it was, like it was nice to just i mean yes I, I traveled back from the Gamby and then went pretty much like an hour or an hour and a bit afterwards we got back we drove to, into the footy so it was a lot yeah. of driving but um it was so worth it such a nice day and yeah, you know, it was a pleasure to be there on Sunday, and I would have I would have been hating myself if I didn't get there. So, no. yeah, and it's funny how you talk on talking Geelong. It's a key stat: forty seven years since 
um, was it 37, 47 or 37 years since the Premier started the year 0-3, which is ridiculous. And I love every ounce of it, but yeah, Geelong will bounce back. It's just a matter of when and yeah, interesting, interesting that. But yes, we do love that because we just dislike that club. Very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably more so the coach, but yeah, but no, most things about it. Uh, well, that's, yeah, we'll wrap that up. Big thanks to our sponsors, Valley Electrical Group, Hop In Brewing. Don't forget, you can, at the bar at Hop In Brewing, make sure you mention our name. You get 10% off any takeaway beer there. Simo, thank you again. Uh, listeners, you know where to find us, uh, all your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to shoot us an email, attention to detail pod at gmail.com or around on the socials as well too. But, well, I suppose we should wish everyone, hopefully everyone has a safe and happy Easter. Enjoy their break, whether it's school holidays or whether it's a long weekend. And yeah, Dee's playing on Sunday, Easter Sunday. Uh, holidays, I'm going away. I'll be out of the country for the Dee's game this week, so it'll be interesting to see, Sim. We could be talking from a very... Well, I'll be from a very different location. Hopefully there's Wi-Fi in Vanuatu, but uh, yeah, any big plans for the holidays quickly before we go? Uh, no, not at this relaxing. stage. Not at this stage, chilling out. Um... Yeah, yeah. Just cruising, have round one in footy in a couple of weeks, so that'll be nice. Nice. But apart from that, just yeah, just get the body in check and yeah, launch from there, and hopefully post post holidays we'll see the D's sitting five and one. Bloody oath, bloody oath. But most importantly, <laughs> demands. Come on, demons. <laughs> We gotta get the chant going. We gotta do come it. On, we gotta do it. Come on, come on, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, Dean. <laughs>